let's get to the meat of the craft of songwriting. Okay. You said when you perform your original music, people ask you all the time, how did it come about? And so, first of all, what is your most typical method when you write? Since you're a musician, chords come first or uh, melody come first? But you write it too, so maybe lyrics too. Yeah, you know, it, they come in different ways. Sometimes it will be a melody I'll have in my head and I won't have, I won't have one single word to it, but I'll have a melody and I'll just kind of sing it over and over again until I get sick of it. And then I'll record it on my phone or something. And then mm. I'll forget about it for, I don't know, two months. Mm. And I'll go back to it and I'll, I'll think, I'll listen to it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's not bad. Mm. And then I'll start to formulate some kind of a word and an idea. Like maybe if, if I can get a first line in, I know I'm good. All I need is that first line, and I, I know I can finish the tune. But sometimes it takes me years to get that first line. Sometimes it right. takes seconds to get that first line. Sometimes it's just five minutes. Yeah. I'm just like that. It's very similar to yours. I wrote a song. Um, I started writing a song in 2010 or 2011. I had two lines that I just kind of liked the way they sounded together. Mm -hmm. And so somehow they stayed with me through the years and when i was recording my first record i was originally going to have eight songs on that um, record and then i wrote an instrumental so that was nine well i didn't want nine i wanted an even number so i said i need ten so i had something made me remember that those two lines i had written almost 10 years ago mm. and i i put them down on paper and i wrote the rest of the song around it in about yeah about 10 minutes it just came right. out of nowhere. And yes. it's probably the song that gets the most attention on yes. the record. Sometimes it comes out of nowhere, and sometimes you have to force yourself. Oh, I do a lot of forcing. <laughs> right. That's great. But that one did not was not forced. It just came organically is probably yes. the best word I can use for it. Could you pick one particular song and break it down for us? Because I, I think that would be the best way to demonstrate. So this song... I had started I had started writing a long time ago because it was Christmas night mm -hmm. uh, 2010 or 2011 uh, a while back and I was all in love with this girl who lived mm -hmm. on the other side of the world and <laughs> she we were just friends basically and um, that was fine that was cool but it was Christmas night and I was in Albuquerque New Mexico which is no offense to anybody from Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's a lovely town, I'm sure. But it's your <laughs> town on Christmas night, and it's literally eight degrees outside. I'm not joking. It's, it was literally eight degrees outside. Wow. And you're in a Motel 6, and all you have in that Motel 6 is <laughs> a bottle of vodka and a pack of cigarettes. It's real depressing real fast. <laughs> so um, when I started thinking about that song, that, or that night, years and years later, you know, like eight, nine years later, I remember how cold it was. Because mm -hmm. it was, I took a picture of it on my phone, I remember. Uh, it was eight degrees outside. And I used to, I used to, I used to smoke cigarettes. So um, the first line that I ended up writing was, it's too damn cold outside. <laughs> and yeah, it's literally just that one line. And from there, it just flew. I mean, literally in 10 minutes. Oh. You know, because it was, it's too damn cold outside to light this cigarette. Another town, another crowd. I can't forget you yet, which was, I was thinking of her the whole time. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Oh my God, I love it. 
yeah and so that's it just flowed from there i mean it literally it wrote itself i had very little to do with it <laughs> now is that part the verse or chorus that's the verse yeah what's the hook the hook uh, the chorus is um basically it's just two lines it's just at the end of the day well it's three lines at the end of the day when it's all been said and done i still think about us when we were one Mm. Yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's the hook, I guess. And uh, you you put a little sexy bossa nova or what? This one was actually kind of a what's what, this? This gets compared to somebody told me the other day. Oh oh, uh, Gravity by John Mayer. Mm. Yeah, so it's like that six eight kind of thing. So okay. It, it's, it has a little bit of a, it lo some people say it has a little bit of an Americana or country feel, but also a little bit of gospel hmm. behind it too. Okay. Maybe you can give us a little flavor. Like you really made me want to hear it now. <laughs> sure, no problem. So this is the verse and it's what I started with. Uh, Damn cold outside to light this cigarette. Another town, another crowd. I can't forget you yet. So when I close my eyes, you won't let me sleep. The wind smells like you, it sounds like you. I'm in much too deep. I mean, literally, just wrote that in. Not even five minutes. Yeah. Wow. So that's that was the verse part, and then I put like a little anticipation mm -hmm. to the to the chorus. There's really it's not really not it's basically like two verses. It's not really like a, a like a pop song where it'd be a mm -hmm. verse and then you got the the hook, the chorus, and the bridge, the chorus, and then the bridge. This is kind of like two long verses. Again, that style of writing like Michael Franks, where there's not really a a, a hook part. It's just kind of all flowing together. Mm -hmm. So. From that part, it goes into like the pre-chorus, where it goes. And then this would be the chorus. But at the end of the day, when it's all been said and done, I still think about us when we were one. That's so sweet. <laughs> I love it. And I really want to hear again, back again. This is from your first album, right? It is, yes, yes. Sometimes it's nice to have a bridge but not every song has to have a bridge. True, true. Yeah. I, I, I don't write, um, I know a lot of songwriters, especially in the pop genre, uh, write hooks first. And I've, yes. never, I've never been a hook writer. Um, you you never been a hook writer? I've never been a hook writer, no. I've always been, I've always wanted to start telling the story from the beginning. And because, you, because you listen to the Danny Hathaway, a song for you. It's it's all that, yeah. It's, it's, it's a song for you. It's uh, it's Cole Porter, Begin the Begin. I mean, that has this form that it really doesn't have a form. There's no verse. There's no bridge. It just all flows together. 
until you get to the part, you know, and that's the high part of the song, but it's not really a bridge or a chorus or anything. Right. So, um, unlike, unlike what you hear on the radio station, you know, big hits yeah. on the billboard, they always have the same pattern, right? They do. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. I mean, like, um, what was that tune? Michael Jackson, the one they did after he died with Justin Timberlake, love never felt so good. Mm -hmm. When he gets to that hook, like, baby, every time I'm like, yeah, I love right. it, you know? Yeah. But that's just not the way that I write personally. Right. Well, when I heard Earth, Wind, and Fire, I learned about the importance of the juicy hook, but also the, their songs is like, how he write, write is verses, and every little part sounds like almost like a hook. It's so catchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were experts at, at, at that. I mean, everything, yeah, everything could be a hook. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you just play like so easy, but do you think you can still write a song without playing an instrument or no? I, I don't think so. I, I've tried that before. And because I write on so many different uh, avenue, outlets, I guess you could say, because uh, I write poetry and I write um, mm. short stories and fiction, mm. and I write songs. Sometimes when I write something that I want it to be a song, I read it back and I'm like, no, this is going to work in a book of short stories or a book of poems or something. So um, I have different avenues for my writing. I mm -hmm. really think that my writing with the piano is really meant to be music. And then my writing with just pen and paper is, is meant to be just like literature. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's usually, that's usually how I approach it. But I'm constantly evolving. And with this free time that I've had over the past four months, I've learned a lot of new things. Right. Yeah. But when you when you can play instruments like that, um, you know, you already know how to progress in chorus. So yes. that helps oh, yeah. a lot with the melody writing. Massively, yeah. Uh, it also makes you more creative. You can go in a million different ways. Yes. That's why you yes. hear so many key changes and modulations and stuff like that in Stevie Wonder's music because he's such a master yes. of music that he you think it's going to go one place and it goes somewhere completely different because he right. just has his mind for music and music theory. So he just, he, and he's not afraid of experimenting to go somewhere else. Right. He's a master of jazz. That's he's why. He's a master of everything. <laughs> master of everything. Yeah. yeah. Master so, blaster. Was it you that put the video of him uh, warming up with the band? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. You saw that. Oh my God. I think oh my God. They're playing Coltrane. I was like, Oh my God. This is oh my God. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was incredible. Yes. I was just, I was, I was watching it with my jaw just open. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I never heard anybody playing John Coltrane like that on piano. That was something else. And he was just rehearsing on his own. Yeah. Yeah, it's on my channel, but uh, you know, it was in the year of 25, you know, on the stage that he was yeah. rehearsing at the Apollo in New York. With the Apollo. Yeah, and uh, uh, my friend, legendary uh, drama, Dennis Davis, who um, died a few years ago from cancer, he used to play for Stevie Wonder for 13 years. Oh, wow. And he took me backstage, and I couldn't believe at the time, we didn't have a lot of uh, cell phone taking stuff, so guy was standing right in front of me, trying to prevent me from taking the video. <laughs> so he almost put me out because I was not supposed to film it. Well, I'm glad you did. It was amazing. <laughs> he knows it's only one in the world. 
It's a, it's a Moko exclusive. Yeah. Can we? Can you do one more song? Because it was so nice. It's kind of a different type of song. Up tempo, uh, maybe a little up tempo, maybe maybe bossa nova Latin kind of flavor. Let's see. This is the um, the title track from Paradise Road, and this is actually about Las Vegas. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it's um, well, Paradise Road obviously is paradise over there by the airport. Okay. And, uh, I remember it was I wrote it when I first moved to Vegas in 20, 2003, 2004, something in that area. And I was driving down Paradise Road, and I was like, what's a, that's a cool name for a street. And I said, that's a cool name for a song. And mm. I started thinking about it. <laughs> and then I, I remember I had a dream one night that I was in a convertible with some redhead woman that I didn't know, <laughs> never met before. But she was beautiful, and she was sitting next to me in this car, and we're driving down Paradise Road, and... I just had the idea for the song. Now this one was missing a, a verse. So I had written it back like in 2003, 2004, somewhere in that area. It was missing a verse that I literally wrote in the studio the day I recorded it. Okay. So I was in the studio and I knew I needed one more verse. And I told my producer slash engineer, I said, give me five minutes, man. I, I, need, to, I need to write one more verse for this because it's, it's missing it. And he so, goes, okay. So for, for this one, you wrote the hook first. I wrote every I wrote the verses and the hook first, okay. like 15 years ago. <laughs> and okay. then uh, last year when I was recording the vocals, I had recorded it with the band with that verse, but I didn't even have lyrics for that verse yet. So I was like freaking out because I didn't even have a complete song. So I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. So I sat down at the piano and I wrote lyrics quickly and it came out really. The producer was like, man, you just wrote that right now. I was like, yeah. Because that's really good. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> nice. Anyway, this is um, Paradise Road. Okay. We used to drive down Paradise Road A million miles and nowhere to go American dream, a neon machine What we had was all I'd ever need But even in the desert rain must fall through the summer breeze i hear you calling my name because i feel the same so that's the first verse though okay um and then it has another verse but i'll get to the i'll get to the hook here oh i miss those days driving 95 and high never mind the cold Miss the way we swore we'd never grow old down on Paradise Road. Damn, <laughs> that sounds like a classic. <laughs> oh, oh, it's not yet, but hopefully someday, you know. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and, and that's really kind of um, more of a, a rockier Americana kind of thing than most of my other stuff. Most of the rest of that album is jazz and bossa nova. But those two songs, the, one, the first one I played earlier and this one, are the ones that get the most attention. And um, in fact, just not too long ago, the first song that I played, uh, somebody, a Canadian artist, had re approached me about recording it. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about let that, letting them do that. So you are a producer too, right? 
Uh, I have done some producing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm a producer because that's a that's a lofty title. <laughs> a studio musician for sure. Okay. I've, I've been a studio musician my entire life, and right. Actually, how I'm making a living now because there's no gigs, but I'm still in the studio tons. Okay, so uh, you had somebody else produce your album. I did. I wanted another pair of ears in the room besides my own. And um, this gentleman, his name is R.B. Blackstone. He's worked with so many different people. I can't even start with the list. But um, he worked in Nashville scene for a long time. And mm -hmm. uh, But he's a musician himself. He's a wonderful piano player. And he just has about the most attention to detail that I've ever met in a person. So it was he would catch me on words and lyrics and um, pronunciation and stuff that I've never even thought of. Because I've never been on the other side of the microphone. This is my first time. I've been in the oh. studios forever, but I've never been on the artist side before. Yeah, he caught a lot of stuff that I never would have caught. Everything about your album, and but also the music arrangement was fantastic. So did he do that like 100% or you also collaborated with him coming up with arrangements? Arrangements are mine. I did all the arrangements. Ah, see, so you you are a producer too. <laughs> I I can be. I just haven't done a lot of producing. Uh, I'm starting to take on more production projects, um, on my own. But um, yeah, I've I've been I've always been a side man, always my entire life. So this is my first time stepping out, um, to be on the other side of the microphone as an artist, mm -hmm. and um, also to step on the other side of the piano in the studio and sit behind the the desk, the console, and be a producer. So I'm, I'm taking on a lot of new roles right now, which is, for me, which is cool, because mm -hmm. um, I think it's time. I think I have a lot to offer people. I have a lot of um, yeah. failures and successes in music and songwriting and, and, uh, and a lot of different things. So I think that I have now the knowledge to uh, pass on to somebody else and work on their project and make it as... Um, musical and beautiful as possible because really all I want to do is make beautiful music. I don't really care about commercial music or hit music. I just want to make beautiful music. That's all I want to do. Yes. If you are to give advice, emerging artists, musicians, how to stay focused and, you know, making living with it, what kind of advice can you give? You have to do it every day, even if you don't want to. It's like anything else in life. It's uh, like working out. Some people go to the gym every day. They even they don't want to. Yep. You have to spend an hour writing, um, even if you don't want to. You really, really have to. And even if it's no good, it doesn't matter. It's not that you're trying to write something to become famous. It's that you're just trying to exercise your your craft and to practice your craft. And the only way you can do that is to write every day. I guarantee you. you ask any songwriter that's worth their salt, or any songwriter that's even famous, even people that I don't like so much, like Taylor Swift. I bet you she's got a. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody has their own preferences. And yeah, tastes. she's not mine, but she writes songs, and she writes she writes a lot of songs, and so I guarantee you she has notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full yep. of songs, um, some that will never ever see the light of day. Just like um, Prince, the yep. vault at Paisley Park, there's stuff in there that hopefully, hopefully, will never see the light of day because he didn't want it to be to be shown now we're all hungry for more of his music obviously but you should still have control over that even in your death yes you, you should still have control over your craft nobody else should have control over that 
and uh, to see them releasing stuff is just heartbreaking for me same thing with michael jackson you're the artist you should have control over what you um what you put out and i can understand because i've written a ton of horrible songs in my life <laughs> um what you're hearing now is the end product of a lot of really bad songs so i see you got to wow. do it often as often as possible so to get the quality you have to do the quantity yes yeah that's perfect yes yes because you know like baby face said when he was coming out, he was writing 20 songs a week. Yeah. That's Did what you, you gotta the do. Stevie Wonder? I'm sure you saw the Stevie Wonder. The Stevie Wonder interview with Barbara Walters? No, I don't think so. I think it was from the 80s or early 90s. I gotta she, watch it. He was at the piano and I'm pretty sure it was Barbara Walters now, but I was little when I saw it and I remember thinking, that's impossible. But he was talking about he has thousands, thousands of songs which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And then there's another very famous uh, Mexican composer by the name of Juan Gabriel, who wrote mm -hmm. some of the biggest hits for Mexican artists of all time. Uh, he also said that he had thousands and thousands of songs. I mean, complete songs. He said he had, wow. he had thousands more incomplete songs, but he had like thousands of completed songs. So do it often. Wow. If you're going to do it, do it often and learn an instrument. Uh, that's the easiest way to get it done. That's, that's the truth right there. <laughs> so Vintage reissue, your new album EP. Oh yeah, forgot about uh, that. Is gonna come out, come out uh, on August? I'm hoping for August, uh, if not the beginning of September. I will have it updated on my website, chrisguerreromusic.com mm -hmm. and all my social media, which is all the same, facebook.com backslash chrisguerreromusic. Um, I'm very, very, very excited about it. I'm doing it all from home, quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm playing all the instruments on it. I'm playing guitar, I'm playing bass. I'm wow. not playing drums. I am. I have a drummer, I don't play drums. But uh, I'm doing everything else. So um, everything is acoustic? Yes, yeah, so all, all my records are acoustic. I, I can't imagine there will be a time when I ever record an electronic record. Um, you never use uh, any beats or not anything? No, no, I, I can't imagine I would ever do that. That's and why I, I love your album. I'm not going to say never because I don't believe in saying never, but I can't imagine when I would do that. But you never know. You never yeah, know. All acoustic. And um, so, yeah, I'm doing all the record. I'm doing the entire record by myself. I'm producing it. I'm mixing it and mastering it. And um, it's a five song EP and it pays homage to one of my favorite eras of music, which was the uh, TSOP, um, The Sound of Philadelphia. All those guys, uh, Kenny Gamble, Gamble and Huff, the mm -hmm. guys who did all the stuff for the OJs and Teddy Pendergrass and Barry White. Mm -hmm. So I've got some sexy, slow stuff on there. I've got a straight up disco number on there. Um, I'm really excited. This is completely different from the last record. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. They're completely different animals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be the last question. Okay. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> oh, uh, I bet everybody hates this question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know I don't hate it. Uh, obviously, I'd tell myself, please, please lay off the, the booze and the drugs. <laughs> um, that would be the first thing I would tell myself. I mean, and mm -hmm. then the other one would be to, um, to play smarter, to play more, but to play smarter. And I think I mean by that is 
I, I take, I took every, just about every gig I ever had offered to me without ever saying no to anything. And uh, it would have been nice to spend a little more time with my family when my nieces and nephews were getting big and stuff like that. You know, you gotta, you gotta really gotta make time for that. I didn't do that a good job of that and lost a lot of relationships along the way because of it. So I'd say, you know, play as often as you can, but make some time for yourself and your family and, um, and stay and stay, stay clean. <laughs> it's okay to have, you know, drinks and hang out and whatever, but you know, for the most part, if you're doing it every day, then you should reevaluate your life where you're at. Yes. We can only learn from our experiences. If we knew better, we would have done better. Exactly. Which I have no regrets because I mean, I wrote a lot of, I wrote a lot of this material yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think sometimes because of those, because of, I was, I was basically fearless all the time because I was, well, I was hammered all the time. So, um, but those left me with some some impressions that I that I kept when I start and then I wrote about them. So there's there's more music in there as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably what I would tell myself: spend more time with your family and um, stay clean. That would probably be it. Practice Yay! more. Please. Thank you so much, Chris Guerrero. Oh, I don't have to say Guerrero, right? You don't, you don't have to. Um, I say it Guerrero just because it's easier for most people to say it. If I say it to my family or friends, I'll say Guerrero. Guerrero? Oh, Guerrero. There you go. You say it perfect. Oh, Guerrero. I I say it like a Japanese. That's perfect. Oh, Guerrero. Yeah. You say it better than I do. Oh. It was so much fun, and thank you so much for showing us the process of your songwriting. And I hope uh, a lot of people, please go to chrisguerrero.com. <laughs> uh, you say it better than I do, I swear. That's, that's perfect. And you have some music on YouTube, too, and also live on Facebook, and you play live. And, and really, I love your work. Thank you so much, Chris. Of course. Thank you, Tomoko. See you later. Ciao.